Welcome to True Spirituality Network. We are focused on spreading the gospel of God's love across the world. The Bible says, There is no fear in love, and perfect love casts out every fear. As you feed on God's love for you, allow His love to cast out every fear, worry, and anxiety. God loves you. And Father, we pray, Lord, as we fly into your word again this morning, you make us to see Jesus in the beauty of his holiness. And let your name be glorified in Jesus' mighty name, I will pray. And let God to say, Amen. Amen. Okay, I want to welcome you from any part of the world you're joining us from. Um, this is True Spirituality Network. And on this platform, we'll preach nothing but the good news of Christ. We just want to remind you more of what Jesus Christ has done for you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 to 17, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is unveiled, is revealed. So a gospel preacher would lay emphasis on the righteousness of God, which is a gift unto everybody that believes. And so if you're born again today, the good news is you have been made righteous by faith. The moment you put your faith in what Jesus has done, your faith is credited unto you as righteousness. The Bible says, Abraham believed God and it was credited unto him as righteousness. By the same token, because you put your faith in Jesus, that Jesus died for the forgiveness of your sins and God raised him from the dead for your justification, your faith automatically is credited unto you as righteousness. Glory to God. If you're born again and you're listening to this, just say, Father, I thank you because I have been made righteous all because of what Jesus has done on my behalf. Glory to God. And the good news is this current series is also streamed on Crossover Church, um, Crossover Church Facebook page. So we are live on Telegram. We are live on True Spirituality Network Facebook. We are live on Crossover um, Church Facebook. And we are live on my YouTube. Now, that's good news. The gospel is, is, is everywhere now. And okay, let's take it from where we stop. Luke chapter 24. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 24, verse 27. The Bible says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So I, when it starts yesterday, we established when we say scripture, most of the time when the Bible mentions scripture, it was actually referring to the Old Testament part of the Bible. The Bible uses the word scripture. Anytime Jesus quotes, he will say, you have heard in the time of old. Or he says, you have read. Haven't you read in the scripture? They were always referring to the Old Testament because as at that time, there was no Matthew, there was no Mark, there was no Luke, there was no John written as at that time. So the scriptures seem to be the Old Testament part of the Bible. However, you can't just carry that Old Testament part of the Bible and automatically understand. You see, with, um, with the New Testament, that seems easy to understand. Why? Because most of the first time, most of the writings of the New Testament were to, written to the churches. Paul wrote to the churches, Galatians church, Corinthians church, Ephesians church, Philippians church. And they were in clear terms. 
it will talk about the fact that you are forgiven the book of romans as well will tell you that you should put your faith in jesus they were very clear and matthew mark luke and john speaks about the life the death the burial resurrection of jesus so from the new testament to the end or maybe to revelation you might need somebody to really explain revelation for you the good news is i made a series on the whole book of revelation from chapter 1 to chapter 22 the series is online all you have to do if you want to listen if you've never consciously read the book of revelation before all you have to do is just to go online and google the book of revelation by akinimika it's going to give you the whole series from episode 1 to about episode 11 it will bless you it will explain if not possible majority of what you need to know about the book of revelation we were reading from each chapter and we were doing exegesis. So if you want to have a solid understanding about the book of Revelation, go online, go and search it. Just Google the book of Revelation. If you type the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation by Akimika. If this is what you Google, it's just going to bring it. I just displayed it on the video screen if you're joining by video. It will... If, but if you if you follow me already on audio platforms on audio mark on spotify just go and search for the book of revelation under my teachings we have over 700 teachings online anyway that's by the way so but my point is from genesis to malachi or to Micah, depending on which one is the last one they were all written differently because these were all prophecies these were all writings of moses these were all Psalms, Song of Solomon, Job, all of these guys were all written before the time of Jesus. So in order to understand it, somebody had to explain it to you. You know, there's a place in the Bible, Jesus said, you make mistakes because you do not understand the scripture. And that version will say, you do hear because you don't. So somebody has to explain the scripture. Yesterday we read Acts of Apostles, chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, Philip the evangelist and the eunuch. Let me read it to you one more time from verse 29. The Bible says the spirit told Philip, Acts chapter 8 from verse 29. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. There was this guy, eunuch guy, he carried his scripture because all they had there was scripture. And he was reading from the book of Isaiah. And the Bible said, listen, Philip asked the man, do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. And then verse 31, Acts chapter 8, he said, how can I, unless somebody explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage the eunuch was reading. And then he was beginning to quote from Isaiah chapter 53. What was he reading? Listen, everybody. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its cheerer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the heart. Listen, everybody. One billion dollar question. The Bible says, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about himself? Or someone else. So these guys, he had the scripture and he was reading Isaiah 53, 
but somebody had to explain to him who it is written all about. Somebody have to explain, give you a solid understanding. And it's, it, usually my generation is more important that somebody explains to you proper context of the Old Testament or else. I've seen people mixed up Old Testament and New, or better still, Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And this is why I'm trying to take this as slow as possible to explain it as simple as possible so that after this teaching, you will find it hard to be misunderstood when it comes to the Old Testament and New Testament. So this guy was in Isaiah chapter 53. He now asked Philip, was the prophet talking about himself or somebody else? He asked Philip the evangelist. In John chapter 1 verse 45, we read this yesterday, Philip the apostle went to meet Nathaniel, I'm giving you reference, and he said, we have found H-I-M, him whom Moses and all the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus. We have found him, John 1 45. We have found the very person Moses and all the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus. The entire Old Testament were pointing us to one person. His name is Jesus. All the prophets were making prophecies about one person. His name is Jesus. In John chapter 5, verse 46, I believe Jesus said, Moses testified of me. Moses wrote about me. And in Luke chapter 24, verse 27, the Bible says, beginning from Moses and all the prophets, Jesus began to explain what was written about himself in all the scriptures. So we established that the Old Testament, the only way to get the best out of the teachings of the Old Testament is to make sure you point to one person. His name is Jesus. Glory to God. You know, there's a place in the book of Acts chapter 17. Paul literally was arguing and he was trying to convince some Jews, trying to preach to them. And he was arguing that the whole Testament is written all about Jesus. Acts chapter 17, verse 2 to verse 3. The Bible says, as, as was Paul's custom, he went to the synagogue service and for three Sabbaths in a row. That's for three Sabbaths. Yeah, Sabbath was Saturday though. But three Sabbaths in a row, he used the scripture, listen, to reason with people. He explained the prophecies and proved that the Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead. He said, this Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. So now when the Enoch asked Philip the evangelist, was prophet Isaiah writing about himself or about somebody else? That was the best time for Philip the evangelist to preach the gospel of Christ to the Enoch. Because all the, even the whole testament points us to Boyinka, the word J-E-S-U-S, Jesus, was not written in black and white in the whole testament. So why would you say the whole testament was writing about Jesus? And that's where exegesis come to play. And as I begin to show you how all of these things were written, the death of Jesus was already, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, they were already, so to say, encoded in the Old Testament in so many ways. For example, later on, Isaiah chapter 53, we're reading, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. And this was what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary when he was going to the cross. The Bible and he was led like a sheep to be slaughtered. Jesus was led like a sheep to be slaughtered because he was going to carry your sins and my sins and the sins of the entire world.
Why? Because that was the only way he could restore us back to God. And God was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself, not imputing their sins to them. Why is God not imputing people's sin to them today? It's because God imputed the sins of the whole world into the body of his only begotten son that whosoever believes in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus automatically shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's the gospel that was being communicated in Isaiah chapter 53. But somebody needed to explain it to the eunuch. The eunuch, as Philip, was the prophet talking about himself or was talking about somebody else. I love Acts of Apostles chapter 8 so much. If you keep on reading, verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, who is the prophet talking about himself or somebody else? And then we already established Jesus, when he first resurrected, his first Bible teaching on the way to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24 was him beginning to unveil himself from the whole testament, which we call the scripture. So Philip did the same thing now for the eunuch. Verse 35. The Bible says, Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about jesus why the whole scripture is written about one person his name is jesus in john chapter 1 verse 45 philip told nathaniel we have found the very person the very person glory to god whom moses and other prophets wrote about and then an average enoch was reading the scripture and he doesn't understand and then philip made him understand how did he make him understand by making him know that the scripture he was reading was talking about one person. His name is Jesus. Why is it that God made the whole Bible all about Jesus? Because God wants you to remain focused on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. God wants you to be focused on one person. God doesn't want you to be focused on Moses. God doesn't want you to be focused on Elijah. Sadly, my generation today at times, you see them chasing after double portion of Elijah's anointing. But God doesn't want you to be focused on Elijah because what you carry, the Holy Spirit on your inside, is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, which Elijah never had. Elijah was only having what they call portions of anointing. Portion is out of, you carry it. It's like if you're eating your food and you take one, one spoon of your food in your mouth, you took a, a portion of your food. That's what Elijah had. Elijah had double portion. All they had was portions. You have the fullness of the Spirit of God Himself living on your inside. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So God doesn't want you to be focused on Moses because Moses Himself was a pointer to one person. The moment you focus on Moses, you will be, you, you're, you're vulnerable because it's just a matter of time you start taking into idolatry. God doesn't want you to focus on Moses. God doesn't want you to focus on Elijah because Moses and prophet Elijah were pointers. They were all pointing us to one person. His name is Jesus. And this is very important. They were all pointers pointing us to somebody called Jesus. In John chapter 1 verse 45, Philip told Nathaniel, we have found the very person whom Moses and all the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus. That is why in Matthew chapter 17, on the mountain of transfiguration, 
where Jesus was praying and Moses and Elijah appeared. The moment Peter said, Lord, it is good that we are here. Let us build a tent, three tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. The Bible said the voice came from heaven and said this, talking about Jesus. Jesus is my beloved son, with whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Hear Jesus only. The time of Elijah and Moses is gone because they were all pointers. You see, elevating Moses today is like elevating John the Baptist. John the Baptist will always tell you, even him, he's a pointer. He's pointing us. He's, he's preparing the way for the Messiah. But now that the way of faith has come, now that we are now under the grace, then we are no longer under the law. The Bible says something like, now that faith has come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. This is not the time for us to elevate Moses again. Moses was a pointer to Jesus. Now that Jesus has come, we are not supposed to elevate Moses again. And that's a teaching on its own again. But my point is to make it back to simple terms, the whole scripture speaks about one person. His name is Jesus. And that was what Philip was able to explain to this Enoch in Acts of Apostles, chapter 8, verse 35. says, then Philip began with that very passage. That means Isaiah chapter 53. With that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. So Philip preached with the whole testament. However, he still preached the gospel of Christ even from the whole testament so anytime you want to read your bible mostly if you want to focus on the whole testament when you read stories most of the stories they were all communicating the gospel of christ you'll be you'll be amazed and in the course of this series we'll take time to see some of those stories you will you will be amazed they were all pointing us to jesus it's really necessarily not about joseph it was necessarily not about david it was necessarily not about noah it was necessarily not about these guys in the Old Testament. They were all pointing us to Jesus. And just to give you an heads up or to, to just introduce into this thing, you know, the story of Joseph over and over, I've seen some people preach it and then they preach it as motivation or in form of motivation and speaking. The story of Joseph is not a motivation and speaking. It, it conveys the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. What happened to Joseph is all life. Were, were all written and they were all in one way or the other showing us what was going to happen to Jesus. So Joseph was loved by his father Jacob. It's a picture of Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, being loved by God because Jesus was the only begotten Son of God. So Jacob was loved by, his, by, by the father. Jesus was loved by his father. Joseph was I'm mixing it up. Joseph was loved. Jesus was loved by the Father. Jacob, why am I calling Jacob? <laughs> Joseph was sold or betrayed by his brothers. Jesus was sold and betrayed by his brother. The only difference was somebody was so 30 shekels. The other person was so 20 shekels. But either way, if you had read the story of Joseph, before you read the story of Jesus, you understand it is almost exactly the same thing that happened to Joseph, that happened to Jesus. It's because, again, Philip told Nathaniel in John chapter 1, verse 45, we have found the very person that Moses wrote about, another prophet. And in the book of Moses, Genesis is part of it, where the story of Joseph was. And Joseph, Moses was using the story of Joseph to communicate the gospel. So Joseph was loved by his father, Jacob, Jesus was loved by his father God. 
Joseph was sold by his brothers. Jesus was betrayed and sold by his brother Judas. And at a point, Joseph was put into the pit. And Jesus died and he was buried. And at a point, Joseph was taken out of the pit. And the same thing again happened again. He was put into the prison and was taken out of prison. It's a picture of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. He was put into the pit and was brought out of the pit. He was put into the prison. He was brought out of the prison. But the most exciting thing is Joseph was, they say, after he was brought out of prison, he was made the second or the right hand of Pharaoh. He was made the second in charge, or better, the man in charge. And it's a picture of what God did when he raised Jesus from the dead. God made Jesus to sit at his right hand. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says, After he has made propitiation for our sins, I'm rephrasing, he sat at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is seated right now at the right hand of the Father because all of your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. So there is no more work for him to do because what he did on the cross once and for all is enough. One sacrifice for all. And that means if you're yet to be born again, Jesus' sacrifice is also made available for you. The moment you believe in Jesus, that he died for your sins and God raised him from the dead for your justification, automatically all your sins are forgiven. The forgiveness of sins is only preached through the name of Jesus. There is no other way a man can be forgiven of his sins except he put his faith in what Jesus has done. Long story short, Joseph was made the second hand of fire. Jesus was raised from the dead and made to see the hand right hand fire. So my point is, and I'm not even going to, I'm just giving you a summary. We've not even gone into the story yet. But all these things were just pointing us to Jesus. They were all pointing us to Jesus. And that's the only way we can begin to even enjoy the Old Testament part of the scripture. As we continue this series, we're going to check lots of stories and lots of prophecies. For example, Psalms chapter 22, which we're still going to see in terms of God. Psalms chapter 22, verse 1, will say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken? David wasn't talking about himself because that punchline, why have you forsaken me, was the same punchline Jesus gave on the cross of Calvary. He said, when he was hanging on that cross and he was carrying my sins and your sins and the sins of the entire world, Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why did God forsake him? Because Jesus was carrying your sin and God is a holy God. So God left Jesus because he was carrying your sins. Now, when you get born again, you are carrying God's righteousness. So God will never leave you nor forsake you. Glory to God. And that's it. what I just explained right now is the totality of 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21 will say, God made him who knew no sin to be sin so that you can become the righteousness of God. So Jesus, the sinless, the blameless guy, carried our sins so that the moment we believe in him, we carry his righteousness. But Jesus doesn't deserve it. Why will he carry our sin when he has not committed his sin? It's because he loved you. If you didn't carry that sin, you have to carry it and pay for it. But he doesn't want you to pay for your sin. He doesn't want you to die for your sin. He doesn't want you to, to be punished for your sin. So he died, he paid, he was punished for it. But now that he has, he has paid for it, the moment you believe in the fact that he has paid for it, automatically his own righteousness is transferred onto you. And now, instead of being a sinner, because you believe in Jesus, you are now forever righteous. 
the moment you get born again, you are no longer a sinner. Don't let anybody tell you are a sinner anymore. You have been changed. You are now the righteousness of God. You are now loved, purified, sanctified, justified by the blood of Jesus once and for all. It's not a gradual thing. You've been made righteous. The Bible calls you holy brethren because Christ is your righteousness. Christ is your holiness. Christ is your sanctification. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. You are not trying to be holy in the future. You are not trying to be righteous in the future. Jesus is your holiness. Jesus is your righteousness. So God made him who knew no sin to be sin, so that you who knew no righteousness, when you put your faith in Jesus, your faith is credited unto you as righteousness. Glory to God. So we're going to take more time as time goes on to, to see some of these stories in the Old Testament, and we're going to point them to see how we can bring the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus from all of these stories. It's going to be an awesome ride. I think with the first two episodes, I've been able to do enough introduction. Tomorrow, we dive into some of the major stories in the Old Testament and prophecies, and they all point us to Jesus. For example, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, unto us a child is born, a son is given. He was talking about Jesus. He was talking about Jesus. So it makes all, you, you begin to start appreciating the Old Testament, the scripture, when you know it's written about Jesus. In fact, it becomes clearer and it begins to build your faith. Okay, we'll continue tomorrow. Father, we thank you. Thank you because the entrance of your word just illuminates our life and then there's nothing more beautiful than just seeing Jesus and the beauty of his holiness. We give you all of the praise. Lord, we'll keep trusting you for more understanding and revelation as we continue the series. In Jesus' mighty name, and like God, we say, Amen. Thank you for connecting from any part of the world you join us from. We're going to continue tomorrow. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And what I'm doing right now, I begin to speak to you in Psalms, because Ephesians chapter 5 says, speaking to one another in, in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to God in your heart and i just want you to know just like god says in psalm 23 that he is your shepherd and he's always with you even when you don't feel it so you have all that you need you may not see because your sight is limited but if you focus on this world you realize you have all that you need long before you were born his supply is far greater than whatever you ever need on earth if he could give you jesus he will give you every other thing you would ever need long before you get to that season he has made provisions available for you and he wants you to know this don't focus on your bank account to define who you are if he could give you jesus he will give you everything god giving us jesus is the proof that he has done for you much more than he will ever do for you he has given you much more than you ever need so just focus on him because you have all that you need and he has made you to lie down in greener pastures in green pastures and when he wants you to lie down he wants you to rest and not stress because he's always working most times you don't feel it so you get worried you get anxious but he says in his word that he has made you to lie down and if he has made you to lie down then rest stop trying to figure out things on your own just allow god to do the things he's doing in your life and he leads you beside the still water where everything is cool calm and collected he restores your soul if your heart is troubled before you came here the Lord has restored your soul in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. And though you walk through the valley of shadow of death, you don't have to be afraid because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Glory to God.
and surely God's goodness God's favor God's unfailing love is what is running after you village people are not chasing you <laughs> it's the goodness of God that is hunting you down it is pursuing you all the days of your life and you rest in the house of the Lord forever and ever in Jesus name Amen If you have been blessed by this message, we invite you to partner with us to send the gospel of God's love to all nations. Send us an email on truespiritualitynetwork at gmail.com. You can also follow us on all social media platforms, True Spirituality Network on both Facebook and Instagram, T-Spirituality on Telegram, and Akimika on YouTube. So catch up with all our podcasts, search for Akimika on all major platforms, including Spotify, audio mark and anchor as you feed on god's love for you allow his love to cast out every fear and remember it's not about you it's all about jesus